Welcome to the Women of Fintech podcast series. We are here today to celebrate the wins, raise awareness of the challenges and walk the talk for change across the entire industry. Now today we are joined by Bronwyn Boyle, CISO at Mambu. Mambu is the SaaS cloud banking platform with a unique composable approach. Bronwyn has worked for a number of the industry's leaders over the 20-year-plus career in leadership executive positions. She is award-winning in the security and fintech community and is here today to tell us all about her journey. Bronwyn, welcome. I'm super, super happy to have you with us today. Thanks a million for having me, Nadia. I am super happy to be here and I'm a huge fan of the podcast. Thank you. So let's start off. Tell us about your role at Mambu and tell us about what it entails. Absolutely. So I'm the Chief Information Security Officer here at Mambu. And as I've said, yeah, we're a SaaS banking platform, which is very much focused on revolutionizing financial services and really making it more accessible to a, a broader array of customers. So we've worked with a, a very broad range of different types of financial institutions from smaller microfinance companies and new innovative fintechs that are looking to bring banking to underserved or underbanked communities across the world. And then also with more traditional tier one banks and everything in the middle. So a a really diverse set of customers and clients. So I can imagine with a diverse set of customers and clients comes a diverse set of problems for you to solve as well, right? <laughs> 100%, Nadia, absolutely. And it's, it's one of the, the really interesting challenges of this job is the diversity of the problem space. So I'm responsible for security end-to-end across the organisation. And that's everything from physical security to the security of our third-party vendors and partner ecosystem to the security of our product and, and our internal processes. So it's a, a very rich problem space. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a lovely way of putting it, a rich problem space, rich opportunity space too then. Opportunity space indeed. (laughs) So tell us a bit about this career journey, because this is one of the really exciting bits that I just, I want the audience just to hear it. You know, what got you into security, what you've done so far with security, because it's just so vast and plentiful. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's interesting, Nadia. I mean, I, um, like many people, my journey to security was a little circuitous. My background in in university was the exact opposite of security. I did a a master's in classical studies, which I think is is probably as, as 180 different to, you know, future kind of tech as possible. And then after that, I, I, I wasn't really quite sure what I wanted to do. So I, I did a, a one-year diploma in, in computer science. And that really got me more into programming and software development, which is how I started my career. So I spent my, my first kind of four years of my career coding that first dot-com boom of, of, of digital banking services. And I really, really enjoyed it. But I was very conscious that security as a discipline wasn't particularly well integrated into secure software development practices at that stage. So I took some time out to study an MSc and uh, that was it. I was I was committed to the security path ever since. And I've been very lucky to have a very broad array of different um, opportunities throughout my career. So I've worked for big four organizations, helping them drive security services and practices. I spent seven years as director of information risk management at Barclays Bank. Also five years with Lloyds Banking Group, helping them drive their cybersecurity transformation program and cloud adoption. And also have spent a year and a half working with the Open Banking Implementation Entity here in the UK, which was a really fantastic opportunity to be part of, you know, a new wave of financial services that are really revolutionising customers' lives. And now I'm at Mambu, so uh, delighted to be here. And uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's kind of bringing all of those threads from my previous roles together, which is a, a really lovely position to be in. 
Yes, isn't it? And thank you for sharing that because I think a lot of people will look at perhaps their academic background and think, well, that's not necessarily set up for, for fintech, is it? Well, well, look, look at what you've decided to do. You're so right to say it's like a 180. But I wonder how many of the, the skills that you learned in your previous academics have set you up for now, because I'm a big believer in that, that, you know, the, the, you know these skills that they're used. Absolutely. And they are so transferable, Natty. I mean, I think reflecting back, you know, there there were a couple of things that really jump out. I spent a lot of time studying philosophy and that was very interesting in that, you know, I I did a lot of formal logic and those sort of breakdowns of of arguments and thesis and and synthesis and, you know, uh, counter thesis. It was a very interesting analytical skill to develop that really lent itself so well to to programming. And it it also lends itself to kind of any sort of, uh, you know, problem analysis. So I think there's huge transferable skills there. And even reflecting back on what I studied in classics, I was always very interested in elements like social, social kind of propaganda, kind of, you know, that, that were influencing society. And I've retained that interest now, but I'm applying it more to things like social media and kind of how we how our culture evolves and how our society evolves in relation to what we're presented online. So it's very interesting to see that thread and that seam of interest kind of retaining throughout my career. And what I would say is, you know, we're at such an interesting juncture within the security profession where we're really looking to open it up to get a broader, diverse set of candidates who are coming through. And I'm really keen to amplify that cross-sectionality of skill sets, those soft skill sets that are so valuable for our profession and give us great opportunities. Yeah, and just just listening to that, so valuable and valuable in a way that people wouldn't necessarily realise, you know, on paper, but just listening to you there makes so much sense. It's all tying together. So no wonder that you've won several accolades. Top 21 most inspiring (laughs) women in cyber, top 50 women in fintech. Tell us more about the work you do for the next generation and, and all of that that you were just touching upon there about attracting people to the industry. Yeah, so, you know, it was a huge honour to be included in, 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 those, uh, in those awards and, you know, very much appreciated, uh, you know, the inclusion. And what I was delighted about is it, it's very clearly demonstrating that the industry is actively taking opportunities to promote women leadership, female success, you know, more diversity and, and openness. So really happy to be part of it and really happy to see, you know, as I said, role models held up to hopefully inspire and attract the new generation of talent into the industry. I'm very focused on helping to kind of support that. So I've, I mentor a lot of junior talent coming through the pipeline and, and I spend a lot of time working with schools to help them, you know, make sure that they can see cyber as, as an attractive career option and something that's open to all types of candidates, not just from a, a gender diversity, but also neurodiversity. And I think we also really need to look at how we open up um, socioeconomic diversity by helping kind of improve our, our paths to employment. There's been a lot of debate recently in the industry about what are kind of entry level requirements and moving away from that stereotypical requirement to have a degree or to have kind of certain certifications, because really there are huge barriers to entry for for folks who don't necessarily have the financial means to go through that, that traditional pathway. So I think it's a great time for the industry to be looking at more creative approaches that help build apprenticeships or on the job training and, and, and other elements that will help social mobility. Yeah, I couldn't back that more. I absolutely love everything that you're saying there. Because, you know, if you look back at somebody's academic profile, it's often totally tied to privileges and not necessarily tied to potential. So it's very, it's very topic. Now, what about the perception versus the reality of the security world? Because I can imagine you, you talk about that quite a bit. Absolutely. And, and and it's interesting because the most inspiring women in cyber was actually literally set up to try and dispel some of those myths around how security is perceived. 
and you know, I think I think the perception is changing quite rapidly, but I think there's a cohort of folks who still think security and equate that with hackers in their rooms in a hoodie, you know, or, or some sort of kind of very, very stereotypically techie world. And I think, you know, the beauty of it is it is such a broad discipline. And yes, there's very technical elements to it and there's very technology focused elements, but it's also very much, you know, people and process problem. At the end of the day, there's nearly always somebody at the other end of a computer doing something. And I think the elements of kind of psychology, organizational behavior, process improvement that people can bring to cyber are essential to make sure that we have that holistic view so really it's it's about kind of making sure people understand you know the breadth of the softer side of cyber shall we say and understanding where there are those interesting opportunities maybe to leverage their skill sets in a transferable way and just break down some of those myths that it's all about the tech yeah absolutely absolutely and i know that you're also passionate about the community spirit of the fintech space as am i and and also how that can be leveraged for the security sector in particular so tell us more it's very interesting nadia i mean i think when we think about kind of keeping the financial services industry secure collaboration and cooperation is very much at the core and the heart of, of how we do that I always smile and say the hackers collaborate, right? The bad guys collaborate, they share information, they work together to help themselves. And actually, it's been really good to see financial services institutions over the the past few years really driving a collaborate, don't compete on cyber. And I think that's been really uh, advantageous and has been reaping benefits very broadly to help have that industry response, industry kind of prevention um, and industry support. And I think there's a similar vibe in fintech and, you know, I love what you're doing here to drive that community spirit. I mean, we're better and stronger together. We can provide a, a, a kind of a, a better route to attract new talent. We can help provide better opportunities and kind of cross collaboration. So I see a real synergy there. And I think, you know, again, it's one of the areas that I, I just so enjoyed about my role at the Open Banking Implementation Entity. It was a real privilege to be able to sit at a central point of a, a new uh, paradigm of payments and really foster that collaboration across fintechs help them learn from more established organizations, help them leverage kind of an, and accelerate maybe their understanding and maturity of security controls and, and also how to interoperate and collaborate with other organizations in their ecosystem and, and payments pipeline. So I, I took some real lessons from that and I'm really enjoying seeing how the fintech world is driving that community spirit and is driving that more collaborative approach. And again, it's interesting at Mambu, I mean, one of the key tenets of our service is that we're composable. So the idea is we provide mechanisms for customers to plug and play different elements and kind of build their own and orchestrate their own services. And again, that's very much around an ecosystem approach, a partnership approach, and one where collaboration is, is the thing that gives us the best outcome. You know, we're, we're greater than the sum of our parts. Yeah, that's wonderful. Really wonderful to hear. And I think this is all building into a really, really compelling story of why it's great to work within this specific part of the space, you know, within security part of the fintech world. Now, we have spoken before about upskilling people from other industries. I'd love for you to share some of your thoughts on this as well. Absolutely. And again, I know that there's lots of great initiatives that are being sprung up to help upskill folks, not just at entry level, but also to allow lateral lateral movement from other industries with transferable skill sets. So there are great kind of formal initiatives out there, the likes of Caps Lock and, and other kind of schemes 
where they really kind of apply, apply kind of a boot camp approach. They build folks up, they demonstrate very clearly where those transferable skills are, and then they give them that kind of subject awareness and that technical overlay to help uh, help get them, you know, in, into kind of a, an industry ready position. I think we could do more with that. And I think I would love to see kind of, again, more collaborative initiatives where there's more partnership approach with the actual, you know, kind of end organizations that will be hiring these folks. And again, I think that's where really we can kind of maybe probably collaborate a little bit more to kind of provide those job opportunities, those learning opportunities and kind of more apprenticeship types. I also feel that there's a lot to be done to kind of retain the upskilling for women who've taken a career break. So technology moves so quickly, it can be very daunting for folks who've taken some time out for whatever reason to become mums, to be carers, to just have, have a few years with their family. And I think, you know, when you consider how very quickly and how very dynamic the security industry and discipline evolves it can be a really big problem space for folks kind of who are looking to re-enter so that idea of kind of making sure that there's a there's a kind of a quick approach to to help support women who are looking to re-enter the security industry I think is vital particularly if we are going to continue to promote more senior female leaders in security where I think we still do have a gap and we still have a, a bit of a way to go to address yeah, I totally agree. And I think, you know, we need to have more systems in place that gives everybody the confidence that we can do this, that we can upskill internally, that we have the capability. And it's not just the know-how and the want, it's the capability and or people's perceived capability internally. Exactly, Natalie. And I think you've hit on a very um, incisive point there is around the perception. And, you know, you can teach skills, you can't teach attitude, right? So the, the best thing that we can actually do is provide that skill set training, but also empower and support people from an attitude perspective to feel confident, to feel empowered and to feel open to kind of take these challenges. You know, it can be a little bit intimidating or inhibiting because, again, as I said, it is quite technical. I think for a lot of women in security, you know, it is still quite a male dominated field and that can be a little bit daunting. So there can be a little bit of the imposter syndrome going on or there can be a little bit of the self-selecting out of applying for more advanced roles. So I think, you know, again, that idea of nurturing a community and um, really supporting and empowering a broader range of, of diverse candidates and uh, pipeline of talent throughout the industry will, will be imperative to kind of keep our success. Absolutely. And then that takes me really nicely onto my final question around that industry piece and the environment piece within the industry. What can all of us, anyone listening to this right now, what should we and can we be doing for genuine, authentic workplace inclusion? So I think every one of us can and hopefully will take some time to think about it. And I think it is on all of us. So I think there's lots of different opportunities for us to kind of move to a more inclusive mindset. There's been some great work even recently just on looking at the language and technology and promoting a more inclusive language. And, you know, it's been very interesting. It was something that I focused on in my previous role and here at Mambu. You know, when you realize actually so many of the terms, the legacy terms that we've inherited in tech are, they have negative connotations for many subsections of our, our broader demographic. Actually actively consciously thinking about the language that we use is an interesting step forward that all of us can do. Also, you know, provide allyship and opportunities for a broad range of, of different types of diverse talent. You know, if you're in a room as the only female, it's an, it's an amazing feeling to have a 
male voice championing you or people kind of coming in and supporting you because again that can be quite a difficult position for many women to kind of face into and likewise I think you know there's folks kind of from a neurodiverse background or ethnically diverse background or gender diversity we have to think about all of these holistically and make sure that we are opening up and embracing and creating warm psychologically safe spaces for them to thrive and survive so I think that's a great starting point I also think communities like you're driving forward Nadia I mean this this podcast is a wonderful example and a shining reflection of what happens when you start building that community of talent and building that network so that that folks can kind of help themselves it's been brilliant seeing the book that you've recently produced and you know again I've known a few folks who were involved in that and again you're you're doing so much to build that community and build a sharing and collaborative ecosystem where folks can support so I really applaud what you're doing and I love to see more of that across the industry thank you so much and thank you for my shout outs too that's absolutely brilliant but the advice that you've shared with us today and just sort of reframing our thinking on bringing people in from other industries or returnships and what that really means and I've loved everything you've said about creating safe spaces so people can not just survive but thrive and that's what we're looking to do with this podcast and with all the work that you're doing so thank you for joining us today on the women of fintech podcast series Absolutely delighted. Thank you so much again for having me and for the really insightful questions.